Hello, this is Spark My Muse, and I am your host, Lisa DeLay. This is Soul School 129, Awareness Anxiety. Today I'm going to be reading from a book called Centering Prayer and Inner Awakening by Cynthia Bergeau. I'll be reading from the bottom of page 10 through the top of page 13. And this struck me in my reading this week. I thought I'd bring it to you and share it with you. I'm getting so much out of some of the contemplative mystics lately, like James Finley, Cynthia, and Richard Rohr, as well as Howard Thurman. These are our spiritual elders. Howard Thurman passed away in 1981, and the other three are still with us. It does us good to learn from these contemplatives on how to find God at the center and find wholeness, find healing. But this way isn't a way that you suddenly try on, like a shirt or a jacket. You have to settle down into it, and it has to become a way that you see the world and a way that you settle into in your life. And you make it a part of your life, just like you might take on a new kind of diet every single day for a while until it becomes natural to you. And when it becomes natural to you, you might start feeling the health benefits of it. This is the same sort of thing, but the health benefits would be to your whole self. On page 10, Cynthia writes, As human beings, we are gifted with what is known as self-reflexive consciousness, the capacity to stand outside ourselves and look upon ourselves in the third person. Because of this unique capacity of the mind, as far as we know, we're the only species so gifted. We are able to experience ourselves as unique persons, made up of unique qualities, capacities, and needs. The impression of, quote, having, unquote, a distinct identity informed by certain attributes and imbued with certain gifts that need to become fully expressed if my personhood is to be whole. That sets up a good deal of expectation and also a good deal of anxiety. If one really follows closely, if one really follows closely, what thinking and selfhood feel like at this ordinary level is not a pretty picture. Into our head, out of nowhere, pop random thoughts, memories, associations, and sensations. Sometimes they are stimulated by the environment, more often by the environment triggering a memory or triggering a reaction or chain reaction. I remember testing this for myself once. I had read somewhere that without spiritual training, the human mind is unable to concentrate on anything for more than two minutes. Surely this must be wrong, I thought. With a PhD and a couple of books under my belt, I figured my powers of concentration must be considerably better than that. So to test this theory, I set myself the task of noticing everything read in the next five-minute stretch of highway I was driving. What a humiliation. I did all right for the first 30 seconds or so until the next red thing that popped into my path happened to be a Dairy Queen. When I woke up again, several miles later, I realized I had been completely lost in a long reverie touched off by the childhood memories of ice cream at the beach. So much for my superior powers of concentration. The Buddhists smilingly call this monkey mind. The little beast jumps from one tree limb to another, taking the whole of us with it. 
and we would probably not be able to abide the inner chaos were it not for the stable sense of, quote, self, unquote, created through the subject-object polarity. At the center of all that orbiting chaos, an apparent solidity is given by that reflexive, quote, I, unquote, with its constant set of self-referential questions with which it probes and measures the universe. Quote, how well am I doing? Unquote. Quote, is it safe here? Unquote. Quote, what did she mean by that? Unquote. Quote, am I okay? Unquote. Another name for, quote, ordinary awareness, unquote, is egoic thinking. It is the normal functioning zone of the human mind. It doesn't matter whether you're a PhD, a bishop, a nuclear physicist, how brilliantly intellectual or intensely devout you may be. Without special spiritual training, your sense of the world and your sense of yourself will be formed at this level of awareness. Even the so-called self-awareness tools of our time, from psychotherapy to Myers-Briggs, personality typing to the Enneagram, spend most of their effort merely resorting and clarifying the characteristics. I am an INFP, maybe, or a gut-centered type, or a five, etc. This may yield insights into the workings of that personality, but it's still ordinary awareness. Deeper than this, every single one of us, though unbeknownst to most of us, is at the level that Thomas Keating describes as our, quote, spiritual awareness. Awareness might be too mental a word to describe it, however. The sensation is much more visceral, more like that tug I experienced as a child in Quaker meeting, drawing me down into my depths. You might picture it as a kind of interior compass whose magnetic north is always fixed on God. It's there. It's as much a part of what holds you in life as your breathing or your heartbeat. And its purpose, just like a compass, is for orientation. The problem is that most of us are not in touch with our spiritual awareness, or at least not deeply and consistently enough in touch with it, let alone have any idea of what it's there for or how to use it. It comes upon us only rarely, sometimes in a moment of overpowering emotion, such as suddenly being moved to tears by watching a sunset or receiving the Eucharist. That nostalgia for the divine sweeps over us, and we are left trembling before the presence of a mystery almost more vivid and beautiful than we can bear. But ordinary life does not encourage such moments, and the impression fades to be revisited only in our dreams the usual repository of our spiritual awareness. But spiritual awareness is actually a kind of perceiving, just as ordinary awareness is a way of perceiving. And as with ordinary awareness, there is a sense of identity or selfhood generated through this mode of perception. The big difference between them is that whereas ordinary awareness perceives through self-reflexive consciousness, which splits the world into subject and object, 
Spiritual awareness perceives through an intuitive grasp of the whole and an innate sense of belonging. It's something like sounding the note G on the piano and instantly hearing the D and the B that surround it and make it a chord. And since spiritual awareness is perception based on harmony, the sense of selfhood arising out of it is not plagued by that sense of isolation and anxiety that dominates life at the ordinary level of awareness. This is a really brilliant book, and it talks about the different levels of awareness, as well as what centering prayer can do for us as we deepen in our awareness. On page eight, it talks uh, about these three types of awareness, and it has three concentric circles in a diagram. The outer circle is ordinary awareness, the kind we have for everyday life, and the kind we sense with and, and we notice the world with in ordinary ways. And then there's spiritual awareness, which digs deeper into this sort of intuitive sense and a sense of, of wholeness. And then there's divine awareness, and that goes, of course, even deeper. And I recommend this book highly to you. I will be putting information about Cynthia and also this book called Centering Prayer and Inner Awakening, the link to the information about this book and how to get it in the show notes at patreon.com forward slash sparkmymuse for this episode, Soul School, Lesson 129, SSL 129, and also at the website, sparkmymuse.com for this lesson, Soul School 129. If you'd like to pursue this further really easily, just make those links available to you. Also, if you go through those links and those channels, a small portion will bounce back to me to help keep this show in production and running. The cost can be a lot higher than you might think. Supporting the show at a dollar or more a month makes it much easier on me to continue the work that I do each week. I've put out close to 300 shows and I've never missed a week. I thank you for coming along with me on this ride and enjoying what I'm doing. For all of the month of June 2019, I will be sharing a bunch of pictures, stories, posts, videos, and insider behind-the-scenes information with you. Everyone who supports my show at a dollar or more will get some of these exclusives that I'm sharing at no other place with no one else. The $5 and up group get more stories, get videos and some extra perks. And at $1, you get plenty of peeks and photos too. So I'm excited to share with you what I'm doing behind the scenes. And I'm keeping the rest private from the public. So just for my special friends and supporters, you can find out all the stuff I'm doing this summer. Some pretty incredible things. And I've been so blessed to be a part of it. Find out what's coming up in the future too. Also by being a supporter. It really means a lot to me that you share this episode, that you follow along, and that you support. Thank you so much for being a friend to this program and a friend to the work I'm doing on contemplative spirituality and building bridges across divisions that keep us artificially separated. Make sure to check out episodes that you might have missed in the previous weeks because there have been some wonderful ones. And stay tuned for some exciting things ahead. I hope that you go in peace this week. 
God bless.